And welcome to another edition of Racial Barriers Removed. I am Andy Villanueva. We took a week off last week. This week, we are bringing in some ladies from where you've heard them before through the Avery Podcast Network is the X Factor. Of course, James Moore is joining me as always. And welcome on the show. Uh, oh, hey, it's Nancy and Ancora. Uh, otherwise known as the Mad Fat Teacher. So, Hello. how you guys doing, everybody? Hi. Hello. So it's a- I'm doing great. I'm just trying to avoid the news for a little bit. It's stressing me out. Uh, sorry, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Damn. So so much stressing me out. So this whole this whole. <sighs> You know, it, it's it seems like it's a common occurrence, James, that every single week we have to discuss another shooting of a black person. Or we have to discuss another shooting of a white person shooting people and then the police the police being so nice that they let him get down on his hands and knees and just arrested him. Mm-hmm. And they probably took him to Burger King too. Okay, so they did not. My understanding is no Burger King this time. Well, who knows? We, we wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you want to begin? You, I, I think the one that the one that really, really resonates with a lot of people. I mean, I know Highland Park does because oh hey, it's Nancy um, uh, lives pretty close by. Yeah, but. Um, I'm gonna go with. I think. I think we should start in Ohio with Jalen Walker. Um, for the, well, you know what? Let Let's put both of them on a back burner because since we have women today, let's go with the road. The, the The decision to make abortions illegal now, because I, I I talked to several women that I know and that I work with. But, you know, I haven't, didn't want to bring them on the show. They don't want to come on the show. They're scared to voice their opinion. And I said, well, there's no sense to me talking to them. But if you women, you ladies don't mind, you know, we want to hear your perspective on the whole situation. Ooh, Nancy, you want to go first? <laughs> well, it, it's funny. I'm, um, oddly enough, my uh, summer law school class started off with hot topics and, um, constitutional law and this is all we've been talking about um for the past couple of weeks so perfect timing to be <laughs> to be going to law school it's just there's just so many um implications just beyond right reproductive health care and just the fact that um you know there's a lot that goes on with it right i mean you're going it, to, it's treating miscarriages, the whole field of reproductive medicine. There's just so many things that, um, I mean, we've known about it for months, right? The Alito opinion kind of alluded to it and we kind of saw it coming, but it's just, you know, how, how is this going to severely, um, you know, curtail where doctors can undertake abortion training? There's just so many things that, um, are just going to impact not only the female itself, but just, you know, our, our whole, our whole nation. and. It could just, it compromises a lot, really. And I, I think maybe I am a little bit um, off, I'm off-center 
with most of my politics. I lean, I, I would prefer to be moderate, but I prefer to lean right of center. And so my take on Roe v. Wade is this. It is the hysteria surrounding it that is going to kill people. It is not the decision itself. The de we should, everyone, pro-choice, pro-life, should be celebrating this decision because it allows the people to vote on whether or not they want their state to be one that has what radical Dems want, which is abortion up to and including birth, right? Just coming out of the canal, abortion, uh, according to Governor Northam. And then there are radicals on the right who say absolutely no, in no way, shape, or form. I'm in the middle, but I do believe that this is a, a, a decision that should be celebrated by the entirety of the country in, in the idea that we are giving back the opportunity to decide what happens in our towns and in our state. And that is a win for a constitutional republic. I'm always against federal overreach. And this particular decision was so poorly written that even Scalia knew it was going to continue to be challenged repeatedly. And so now it is up to state legislators to do what they should have done in 1973, which is handle this at the state level. So, okay. I'm a, so, I got some mixed, see, and that's, that's where I struggle a bit, right? Because if you saw in the news recently, right, the 10-year-old that was denied abortion in Ohio, Currently being debunked. Okay, but mm -hmm. it's it's just there's like situations like that, right? Like if someone's raped, they should be able to, um, in that case, have the abortion. There's just so many, I think, intricacies totally of it, and I almost feel that, I mean, right? If and and this is what I've been talking with friends, right? It's just like if. People are being reckless and then they're just, you know, going and having sex with everybody on the block and then they keep getting abortions. I think that's completely reckless. You shouldn't be able to do that. But there's situations, right? Like the 10 year old, there's, you know, people that get raped all mm -hmm. the time. Unfortunately, that's the sad fact of our nation. Um, and it, they should be allowed that right. So I think just it's going to create a little bit more chaos for people having to, for instance, if you can't get an abortion in one state, jump over the other. What is the implication for the doctor that helps with that? Um, so I that to me, um, go ahead. Troubling. Oh, go ahead, Andy. So that that's my. So I'm I'm of the opinion, and Nancy and I have spoken about this yeah. pretty much the moment it hit. <laughs> of course, her favorite comment is turning around and saying, you know, did you read the 5,000 pages on it? Um, because that's what <laughs> I always tell her. Because, because oh, the whole deal I is, the oh, whole deal is, know. is that people are not yeah, reading. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, people are not exactly. reading it. They're listening. They're listening to their, to their trusted, you know, media people. And, and you absolutely, you love when I said we're doomed and you go, did you read the book? <laughs> Did you? I mean, because, well, it's only 213, it's, no. but who's counting? Um, right, exactly. <laughs> but, here, but here's where I, I stand. As far as, far as like, 
if if you want if you want to legalize abortion somewhere, it's rape, incest, um, injury to the to the mother if she's going to end up dying because it's a topic or something like that. Um, my biggest problem is you have you have women not not you two but women sometimes that will have unprotected unprotected sex with their boyfriends. They get yeah. into a fight with their boyfriend. They break up with their boyfriend, and or the boyfriend decides to leave after you know five months, and then it's oh I need to get an abortion because I don't want the baby. Well, you yeah. waited too long. Yeah, and women, and women, and all that's understandable too. But at the end of the day, in my book, the way I feel, it's the woman's body, it's the woman's right, it's the woman's choice. Period. Yeah. Period. At the end of the day, should no government, should no government be able to tell a woman what she has the right to do with her own body for her well-being? At the end of the day, no matter how you want to paint it. No matter how you want to read it, no how many how many pages you want to write about it, it's the woman's choice, life or death, her decision, whatever. It's her choice, period. Because at the end of the day, if I convince her to keep this baby, okay, who says I'm going to be around to take care of that baby? All these other people that don't want her to have this abortion, are they going to step up to take care of this child? Hell no. But James, don't you then think that it is hypocritical of state and local governments then to say, yes, the woman can do whatever she wants with her body, her body, her choice, but we're going to force the father of this baby to pay child support until it's until the baby is 18 years old. The father doesn't have a choice. Then. Uh, that is, that, to me, that is such an issue when we say the woman can make whatever decision. What if it's wait a father who wants wait. the child? The father do have a choice. He should have put well, a condom. Okay, well, yeah, take two, two. takes two to tango. <laughs> tango. Totally agree. IUDs and birth control pills. IUDs, birth control and pills. We, we, look, we grown. We understand all this. It's a crap sheet. If you go in unprotected, Somebody's gonna be pregnant. Now it's on you. You're gonna to decide to be there for that child or not. If not, they're gonna come out. And I'm speaking on behalf. Of, I raised two sons. Mm -hmm. I raised two sons. So you know, I've been there for my kids from the time they were born until the time they got out my house. So, so I've been there. I I know other males that's been there, and I know other males that have not been there for their kids. So, you know, like I said, it's all a crap shoot, but at the end of the day, in this situation, like I said, in my opinion, or how I feel, it's a woman's choice. Yes. If, if, you know, I done had unprotected sex with her, and then, well, let me break it down like this. Now, I went and got a perspective when I was 28, 29. I wanted no more children. Mm -hmm. Then my wife, at the time, she ended up getting her. Uh, partial hysterectomy at 32, 33. So, you know, we, you know, we weren't going to have no more kids. And I'm still fixed to this day and I'm 50. I'm not planning on having no more kids. So that's what I did on my part to make sure that, you know, I don't produce any more children I don't want. 
you know, that I'm not going to take care of. But I know I, if I did, I'm going to take care of my kids because that's who I am. So here, here, here's where I think a lot of it. Okay, so I think the one thing that is completely lost in all of this to me is the following. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Supreme Court basically said, okay, everybody, it goes back to the states. Now, in the states, you have, you have ways to get things put on the bill. In the, right. in the voting. No, you're right. So, yeah. so the whole deal is, is that instead of them complaining about, oh, you know, this, this state isn't allowing me, this state isn't allowing me. You know what? Petition it. Go get enough people to vote to put it on the ballot. That's how marijuana got legal in California. That's how marijuana Absolutely. got legal in Colorado. That's how, right? That's how it was in Ohio. So why, why? Why not be proactive? Because that would be proactive. What's happening mm-hmm. right now, in my honest opinion, is very reactive. Kind of like with the whole, with the whole um, COVID. I don't want to do. You know, I, I'm not going to take the. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I I don't want to wear a mask. You know what? Mm-hmm. That was reactive. Proactive is wear the mask for a while. It's not going to bother you until they come up with with a with whatever vaccine or whatever, wear the mask. And then once you have the vaccines and you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Right? And as this and as this develops and and kind of to what our point was, I mean, there there's going to be restrictions. It's not just like, okay, the Supreme Court issued this and it's like, okay, you're done. States are probably going to look at more of the case-by-case basis as we're talking about and provide exceptions, such as saving the life of the mother, preventing severe physical harm. There's going to have to be some kind of exceptions. But I think, to your point, everybody's just all ramped up by the media that they're not seeing that it's it's not over. The states are going to be looking at, like, what are situations, rape, incest, the and at what point, right, uh, from conception? Is it at six weeks? Is it 13 weeks? They, they have to look at all of those like, things. I'm, and I think that's like, going to be sorry. Texas has, like, the the most back-ass word, like, and I did say that right. I I'm, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody going, it's supposed to be ass-backward. No, it's back-ass word. Because the whole <laughs> deal is, is that the minute you shoot your shot, if you're if you're unprotected, you literally could be a parent. Yeah. Because well, the mother doesn't know within the first 48 hours. But you should know by week 12 or 15, though, wouldn't you? Right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I would yeah. like to point out that the United States actually has some of the most liberal abortion laws in states than the vast majority of Europe, right? Mm-hmm. In Europe, the standard week is 12. 12 weeks is when you're unable to terminate a pregnancy. In the United States, our our compromise has been 15 weeks. And if I remember correctly, actually the, the Roe v. Wade decision made the mistake of mentioning at some point that when life can be detected. Well, how far has technology come since 1973? 
We can detect oh, life the next day. Yeah. Absolutely. So the yeah. law was flawed. And for me, that's why it's a win. Because whomever now is going to legalize abortion now knows what mistakes were made and how they can codify that so that it can't be challenged again. That's my opinion. Very soon. No. Any, uh, any last thoughts, Nancy? Uh, nope. I just, as can I, uh, can I point ahead. out one thing to James, though, real quick? One of my one of my biggest issues with abortion is that, and, and I'm looking at the article right now just so no one thinks I'm talking out my butt or trying to you know blow smoke up anyone's skirt. Uh, historically, between the years of I'm looking right now, 2012 and 2016, black mothers were more likely to terminate their pregnancies than give birth in New York City. And in New York City, more abortions are performed than Black women give birth to children. To me, that is systemic racism. It is built into the institution. Hmm. James? So I, I just wanted hmm. to put that out there. Margaret Sanger is not a savior. Wow. She is not a nice person. She was a eugenicist, right? Hitler quoted her. Hillary Clinton quoted her. Oh. I see the necessity of abortion, rape, incest, even if it's just your choice. But that's not always the case. 92% of abortions that are being performed are simply because, eh, I don't want the baby. And it's, it's a, it is really disturbing to me that we're letting people, human beings, decide when life begins, when it doesn't. We are all flawed. A baby is a baby is a baby. It does not become a baby when you decide it's a baby. And you can give me the cell and the fetus and all this. All of those are phases of the life cycle. So it's just a messy situation. That's all I wanted to point out. I'm sorry. I'll get off my soapbox. And you're absolutely, you know what? And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But the main thing behind that, you said the key word, genocide. Yeah. People are always coming after a certain race to get rid of that race. Mm -hmm. For what yeah. reason? Scared. Yeah, absolutely. Don't know why, but you said the key word, genocide. Why mm -hmm. would you want to kill a race? But, yeah. but we're going to move beyond that. No, because you can't. No, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, James. Here's the thing, James. There's here's statistics of there's statistics about the minority majority. Mm -hmm. There's no. tons of that. I know. Yeah. I mean this yeah. this show the this podcast is called Racial Barriers Removed. Right. Right. So so.
know, how they feel. And, you know, we could work off of that. That's why, you know, it was perfect timing. But, you know, then we brought something else up on that can roll right into the next segment of the young black man being gunned down in Akron, Ohio. Man, that was a, that was a good uh, segue, dude. Right? What have you been yeah, practicing? Here you go. <laughs> you know, you've been, you've been on a podcast before? Hey, no. <laughs> no, this, this is my first. Well, we don't have more episodes, but this is my first podcast ever. But, you know, but, you know, we run right into that because, like I said, police fired 90 times at an unarmed black man running away. Wouldn't that be considered genocide, too? I mean, unarmed. So my so unarmed. so for those people, we're we're talking about. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, y'all, but uh, Jalen Walker, I think, is his name. Yes, um, Jalen Walker. It was a it was a police pursuit where he got out of the car. He didn't get out of the he he was the driver, but he got out of the passenger side and took off running. And they tried to tase him. The tasing didn't work. And they turned around. And when he turned around to face the police, sixty shots hit his body and killed him. Am I pretty much right on this? Yes. At least sixty times. And it was a traffic violation they were stopping him for. And then they also claimed that he did shoot at them, they but no it. weapon was found on him. No, the pro- the problem with that with that logic is the fact that Akron police released the body cam footage. There was never ever any muzzle flash of any kind when he turned around. And you can go but to yeah. Akron. You can go to the Akron Police Department's Facebook page and see that. By the way. Um, but, this, but 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 once again, unarmed, mm-hmm. civic violation, and so, a young man can come home alive. That's an assassination. That was incredible. Sixty wounds in that young man's body, unbelievable. Ninety rounds fired. Sixty landed in him. I want to and know what the, they're uh, gonna. What they're gonna say is, is that they're trained to shoot until the threat they perceive or reasonably believe is present is ended, and that's that's what they're gonna the call threat. it out. And it's not. And that that's the thing. That's how they're gonna defend that, which I think is ridiculous. But they um, I just read an article okay. that said the eight police officers involved have been placed on leave. And I'm assuming that there are laws in place that would prohibit other police officers, internal investigations, et cetera, from actually arresting them. That it is shocking to me that these men were just placed on leave. Yeah, yeah that's that's okay. that's that's generally official in any police shooting. Mm-hmm. Across the board. Any you know, they're they're automatically gonna be put up, especially of this scope and caliber nowadays. They're going to be on administrative leave with pay, so they're, they're, they're either going to be behind a desk or at home, mm-hmm. one of the two. Most likely in this situation, they're going to be at home. They want to be at behind a desk. They're going to be at their home, which right now, they're probably staying at some downtown hotel. They probably ain't even staying in their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, but, you know, but this, this is, and me and Andy done talked about this in previous podcasts that we done did. Like I said, you know, and I had to bring up to Andy, you know, when you get pulled over by the police, do you fear that you're not going to make it home? And he said, no, I do. And I do, you know, and I drive for a living. I'm a professional driver. I work in a transportation division. I drive for a living. Even when I get pulled over and my windows are tinted, I roll down all my windows. I have everything in my hand, my phone with my insurance on, ready. And, 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 it's, and, and it's really getting to the point nowadays for me to stop telling my young black men to quit following their instructions and to run. Because even when you do follow their instructions, half, half of these people ain't coming home alive. Absolutely. I'm getting to the point where right. I don't even want to follow instructions. I, I, I want to just keep driving. James, is defunding the police the, the only solution, though? No, it's, de- no, no, it's called better training. Absolutely. That school mentality training needs to be chucked out of the window. Training needs to be restructured. Now, mm-hmm. see, I, I don't and even- I know when, they are taught, when, when police officers are taught to shoot, they are taught to shoot center mass, mm-hmm. period. They're not shoot. They're not called to wound or disarm you. They are shot to shoot center mass. Period. Point blank. Period. That's it. And this goes. There's goes to. There's. There has to be some kind of complete training reform. I mean, I don't know. Separate topic, but I mean, even I don't know if you saw that mob simulation training exercise. The Los Angeles cop died. Like they struck their own people in the head. Like that's creepy to know that even when they're training among themselves, they can't even control their own training. So there has to be something to be done. Like you know, several years ago, uh, one of uh, you know, I'm I follow politics pretty closely. I'm sure my Twitter line indicates that, but. One of my favorite politicians currently is a gentleman out of Georgia. His name is Vernon Jones. And I believe he was, I want to say he was high up in law enforcement in Georgia somewhere. And he was asked about defunding the police. Uh, And he's an African-American gentleman. Um, And he said that what James just said, that actually more money should be poured into law enforcement to provide them with that proper training. To get the newest equipment that is non-lethal but effective in stopping, you know, someone in their tracks. Again, non-lethal. I completely agree, James. They they probably need more money um, so that they can course correct. Because what's happening now is just, and it is criminal in every way. Criminal in every way. And no one is suffering consequences except for the community. But their badges protected them. Yes, for sure. And it goes back to you you chose this job to protect and serve. Mm-hmm. But the first thing you say when you kill somebody, I fear for my life. Yeah. Why are you doing this job? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this job if you fear for your life? Because this job can take your life. You chose to do a job that you're protecting 
individual, no matter what the situation may be. And it may cost you your life because you might have to jump in front of a bullet to save an innocent child, mm -hmm. an elderly person, a young adult, even mm -hmm. your own child. While you're in uniform, but you fear for your life, so you return fire and kill the individual that was unarmed, running away. Why not just hit him with the car? Bump him with the car. I'm, there's so many different ways I could have seen that going different because they could have rolled up on him and just opened up the car door and knocked him, knocked him over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hell, they could have just ran him down. Hell, they could have come out for the dog. Go get him. Too many different ways. Even though I, I take, let me take that back. Screw that dog, cause that dog could have killed him too. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, not to laugh at the situation, but they're trained across the country, across the country to the smallest back backwater town there is. Training needs to be redone on dealing with civilians and the public this day and age because it shouldn't be shoot first and ask questions later. Mm -hmm. It should not be. If it was just a random traffic stop, why is this young man dead? Why did y'all fire 90 rounds? Mm -hmm. Well, because it wasn't, it wasn't random. Um, but that's what they said. I mean, not a random traffic stop. I mean, but a traffic stop. No. He, whatever the traffic violation he did, it was a traffic violation, but he still did not make it home. He got 60 rounds of ammunition pumped into his ass. And other parts of his body. But yeah, I got I got the gist of it. I mean, but it, it, it doesn't make sense. Help it make sense. But then somebody shooting off, shooting off a roof and killed seven people and more sitting in a jail cell eating breakfast. And, and, and I'm reading. I'm looking at an article now, and one professor of um, police science is saying that um, officers have, they can discharge uh, 15 to 17 rounds within seconds. And because of that adrenaline rush, um, the human body doesn't know right from wrong under stress is what this guy is saying. Which, yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah. But even though it's, so, it's all muscle memory, because that's what the training consists of. When they have them in a shooting course, they're going to unload a clip, reload, start back over again. It's muscle memory. That's why they do their little twice mm. a year training at the gun range, and who knows what they do on their private time. But it's all muscle memory. So once you get into a shootout, or once you start shooting, it's just habit, muscle memory. So what do y'all think of this as, as, as the discussion continues on this? It says uh, the peripheral vision is impaired up to 70%. So the cop really at the time of shooting, it, it impacts the perception of how many bullets can hit the suspect. Well, he's, so they don't really know. I mean, the, 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 pro the problem with that is, is that it, it becomes so if I'm, if, if you're reading that correctly and saying it correctly, which I know you yeah. are, I think it becomes tunnel vision, right? It's kind of like, yes, it, it's kind of yeah. like when you're an athlete, you don't, you're only thinking about what's in front of you. Think, yeah. But, but if you have the adrenaline and you've been in that situation, 
And I know, I mean, James could probably say it because he's been an athlete at one point in time. Um, he's been mistaken for Pac-Man Jones a few times. But... <laughs> um, so the problem the problem is is that things should slow down when you get if you've been in the situation long enough right so things don't quicken up they usually slow down yeah uh i own a gun i have a six hour p238 and i go to a shooting range with it and i love my gun i'm better with my bow than i am with my gun but having said that i've i've <laughs> right i've taken the classes i went through my concealed carry permit course etc kate beckinsale learned how to shoot a gun for her movie underworld without blinking a single time Shouldn't we be able to ask at least the very minimum from our own law enforcement who are receiving a tremendous amount of training, presumably? I would imagine that there is training available that would teach a law enforcement officer how to slow their heart rate, you mm -hmm. know, how to be aware while also focusing in on the target. Right? Like, where is that? Okay, funny thing. And this is the most funniest, funniest thing since you said that. So the movie John Wick, I know everybody's seen it. I don't know if everybody loves the gunfights that he do, so forth and so on. And then especially in the third one with him and Halle Berry, the little sequences they do with the guns and the dogs. Mm -hmm. They were trained to shoot like that. Yes. They so were literally trained to shoot specific body parts. So we got to get John Wick in these police departments or what? Know. Right? It's that trainer. No, it's yeah. the trainer. Yeah. It's the trainer. Yeah. But they're trained, they're shooting targets in specific body parts and moving. Yeah. These cops are standing still, walking forward, shooting. Yeah. It's insane. So, I mean, it's, when it boils down to it, at the end of the day, these officers need to be brought up on charges, which we know is not going to happen. Oh, James, I hope uh, you're so wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. It's the reality of fucking life. Mm -hmm. this, this article is hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, training across the country need to be abolished and restructured. And, and that's all the, I mean, that old school copping need to be thrown out the window. Yeah. This is a new day, new day and age, but there's you know, only one race of people suffering any, from it. That's a black race. Does anybody find it odd that there are certain things in our society that still remains the same, yet if we as if we were parent well if some of us were parents if we did what our parents did to us we would go to jail yeah for right sure. so we have <laughs> we have to learn so if we have to learn how to adapt right why isn't the police learning how to adapt why is it it's an institution 
Well, this according to this article, it says the U.S. seems to be behind some other some other countries when it comes to addressing the psychological components. The U U.S. is behind in everything. And as far as the police, and it says, no, okay, they're also citing the proper use of force can be taught to officers in about 17 weeks, and they are simply not getting it. Well, and okay, so where are you reading? So, first off, seeing how you're reading that from an article, you need to to mention the article. Oh, NPR, NPR, and who wrote it? Uh, let's see. Her name is Emma Bowman. Okay, thank you. Cover our butts. Let me cite my, yeah, it wasn't like Wikipedia or something. <laughs> There's a phenomenal gentleman named, I think, I, I always mispronounce his name, I'm sure of it. Colion uh, Noir. C-O-L-I-O-N-N-O-I-R. He's a black man, avid shooter, uh, one of the most well-trained shooters I've ever seen. I love listening to his videos. And one of my favorite videos of his is where he talks about how gun rights were originally meant to oppress the black community and that all of these gun rights came about as a way of systemic racism, how to keep guns out of black hands. And I really believe that if, like the Black Panthers, the black community as a whole decided to stand up and legally obtain firearms, that there would be a call for change. And as awful as that sounds, I just, it's time for action. Like Malcolm X is my favorite civil rights figure and his ballot or bullet, his discussions of how to fight institutional racism, we're not doing enough because the change isn't genuine change. It's a band-aid on a problem that gets ripped off a month later in the U.S. And it happens now, all over listen again. To listen to this. So that did happen a while back. I want to say about a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. A little rally happened here in Cincinnati, downtown, around Fountain Square. It's one of the focal points of Cincinnati, where our black men came with their, uh, with their ARs and their rifles, their handguns, so forth and so on. Uh, it was roughly probably around about 200 of them. Mm-hmm. And I think they went across the country popping up in different cities. Love it. You know, because now, because I told Andy this story a while back, um, you know, a white guy got on my bus with a rifle and a 9 millimeter on his hip. Mm-hmm. Big issue. Pull the bus over, stop, mm-mm, I'm not driving. I don't know his mental stability. No, but I cannot conceal and carry at work. Yeah. I cannot conceal and carry. But this man, but then any civilian, any pub, any person can legally walk on the bus and open carry. Yeah. And it's not an issue, and it's not a problem, and it's legal. Yeah. And it's totally legal. Yeah. Now, but uh, but real, I, I had another issue when we talked about the kid raising other kids, mm-hmm. real quick. So my oldest son, I want to say he was seven at the time, and we went into Walmart. It was like the day before Easter. I had to get him a belt for his outfit that he had. I had to get him a belt, and this particular Walmart had a McDonald's, and we walked.
walking in, he said, Daddy, I want to get something to eat. I said, we'll get something to eat. Let's get this chopping done, and then we're going to get something to eat. So it was me, him, and my brother. We're walking, and then, you know, we're walking about, and then I look like, where this boy at? He's standing down at McDonald's. Like, you're going to get me McDonald's, you're going to get it right now. So to know me is to love me. I went down there. I snatched quarters in this little motherfucker, and I took him up and got his belt, his brand new belt. And I whipped his ass with this brand new belt. <laughs> and this white lady comes up. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I say, listen here, lady. The day you got to worry about feeding him, clothing him, making sure he's not sick. When he is sick, making sure he gets well. Got a roof over his head. Man, I'm fucking clothes. Man, you fucking business. This is my child. He fucked up, so he's paying the consequences. I say, now, if you got a problem with it, go call the police. I said, oh, you don't need to. Sheriff's standing right here. <laughs> oh. I said, now, man, your fucking business and move on. Happy Easter, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you, you and my mom would get along. Because if I, like, mouth after her in public, she'd pop one. I mean, I'm 29, right? She'd just backhand me in the mouth and be like, don't you talk to me like that. But Happened yeah, before, the- but... Listen, hey. the, way, the way people are going to raise their kids or the way people are going to raise their kids. Now, yeah. as I'm 50, I was brought up old school. If I did something a mile away from home, whoever knew me by the time I got home, probably done put their foot up my ass. Oh, because the club, they, the the phone call, they done got the phone call that I fucked up down here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're they going to get a piece of the pie before I get home. <laughs> So about the time I get home, like now, you know you really got scared. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Come on, let's go. You know, but this day and age, you can't do that because, like I said, somebody instantly want to call two for one kids on you. Mind your business. That's why some of these kids out here doing the shit that they doing because home structure is not that way. Mm-hmm. That does you not know? give the police the right to shoot them sixty but times. However, it does however. not. It That's does true. not. It does not. It does not. But the police should have better better situations to handle this. Listen, there's a spot downtown where nothing but kids hanging out. And they're doing everything wrong under the sun. Mm -hmm. And the police is no more than 500 feet away from them. When I mean doing everything wrong under the sun, they're smoking drugs in front of the police. They drinking in front of police. They selling drugs in front of police. The police ain't doing shit about it. Because mm. you know why? They don't want to make national news. True. Yeah. So they literally so don't want to make national news. Now, so that parenting topic actually goes into the Highland Park shooting because the the dad also. Oh, the gun. Yeah. So. Oh, more than one gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, to your point, I think it's important for, you know, the police not intervene at certain times. But then what about this year? If I mean, it could have been avoidable if the, the dad didn't help in some ways or enable the child. I think that's one that's one part of the piece of this is. So my, you know, this, my biggest so, issue with the whole Highland Park deal. Um, and I think it was discussed in one of our chat groups. 
that Ancora and I belong to. Um, of course, it's a horse racing Twitter one, which is, <laughs> we never talk horse racing. It seems like we're always talking about other things. Um, yeah. It's like Thunderdome. Yeah, for the <laughs> most part. But we were discussing, you know, do you put red flags on certain things? Like, here's a kid who ended up, A, two years ago, ended up having a phone call to the house where the police ended up taking all the knives because he was threatening to kill his parents. That's one. Two, yeah. he's got a YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, he had a YouTube video where he's basically celebrating mass shootings and he had a discord where he was discussing violence. How do you yeah. not get on the FBI's radar list well, on two out of the three? Interestingly enough, Andy, um, Illinois has red flag laws that would not have prevented this situation. My concern in, in situations like this, and I keep hearing it repeatedly, starting with Parkland, the Parkland shooter, is that there were all of these signs, there were all of these red flags, and these red flags were called in numerous times. In the case of the Parkland shooter, I think there were 40-something reports to the police about this kid, and they were either, their hands were tied, the, the processes and policies did not exist that would have allowed them to handle the situation, or the calls were ignored. Why are we focusing on guns when it's the policies that are failing? It is the failure of people to see something, say something, follow through with their jobs that is getting people killed, in addition to the guns. But I would imagine, right? And we, we now know that, at least for Uvalde, we know that the teacher didn't leave the door propped open. But there could have been other teachers at other schools who left doors propped open. So, right? So, there's just something that broke today with AP mm -hmm. with the Uvalde um, shooting. Hold on, let me get it. Um, a new report on the Uvalde school massacre. This was dropped four minutes ago on Thursday, July 7th. Um, New report, school massacre, says an officer had a chance to open fire on the gunman as he walked toward campus, but missed it while waiting for permission to shoot. Yep. And he said he didn't need permission. I heard this yesterday. Yeah. I heard it yesterday. Okay, so I'm a little late to the party. Well, no, but there yeah. were some indications, like they were saying the kid passed a police officer while he was in the... Or, or a police officer passed the kid when he parked the car in, or the truck in the ditch or something like that. Like there were opportunities to stop this. But if you're not vigilant, if you're not alert, alert, right, if you're thinking it won't happen to you, all of these signs just fall to the wayside. It's, it, I just, I'm concerned with our lack of attention to mental health resources versus the effort and the energies that we're putting into taking away the gun rights of law-abiding citizens. Right, but and see, that's another, that's this this kid, this monster got the gun legally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's a problem too. Yeah, You're but he got right. it legally with the help of his father, 
which I believe in the, his father should be brought up on charges. Because his father knew something wrong with his child. But then his we're saying something wrong with it. Right. And then we're saying that 19 year olds, uh what how old was the kid? 19, something like 20, that. 21, 22? He's 21 22. now. So yeah. we're saying that parents are still responsible for the actions of their children when after parent, they become legal adults. When a parent purchases a gun for a He's child, legally responsible for that gun. They, you are legally responsible for that gun. So, but the child in question is not a child in the eyes of the law. You're right, but at the same token, the parent is responsible for the weapon. The gun. So, yes, I understand what you're saying. The kid, yeah, that, the parent, the parent, the parent. So he bought the gun for him. Here's here's a better part. Remove the parent part of it. The gentleman who purchased the gun for the shooter knew the shooter had the gun and ended up using it. Therefore, the person who purchased it should also be held responsible. That's a slippery slope. I, I totally disagree with that. I think if the child had been 16, like that one kid, I can't even remember. Was it Colorado now? The one kid who... The one in Michigan? Being, uh, was it Michigan? It was like the kid and the, the parents had had like a parent-teacher conference that morning. And then that afternoon, the kid came to school and shot up the place. Something like that. That, the parents are culpable. I do not think if the young man is 22 years old, I don't think you can go to the parent. I think you can go to the dealer. I think you can go to the person who, you know. But the but you can't go to the dealer because the parent. Because it was a gift. Because it was a gift. Well, this is going to cut down on my gift giving in the future. If I know that any gifts I, I give can be used against me, then I'm not giving gifts. It'll save you money. Well, yeah, it will. But see how that's a slippery slope? In, UK, in the UK, they have a problem with knives. So we're going to arrest the person who gives a knife as a gift? Uh, like, why are you giving a knife as a gift? But wait a minute. I see everything <laughs> you're saying. Regardless that's kind of my hot take. At the end of the day, the father knew there was something wrong with his child being grown or not. Yeah, he knew there was an issue with his child, to where he's on the verge of doing something. Morally speaking, one hundred percent, I agree with you. Legally, I don't think that has a shot in hell of standing up in court. And you're probably right. But Nancy's the lawyer, or the future lawyer, so she'll let us well, know. Yeah, right. We're not a, I'm not a criminal. Not a criminal law. I'm tongue tied. Legal tongue. What's the word in that mind? Just make sure you get an Ohio license too. Oh, I'm gonna be I've I've heard I've told the people I'm gonna be multi multi state licensed. So here's here is so There we go. But yeah, I mean but but they but in this whole situation this whole situation He's shooting from a room and then hears that there was an ex-cop or a retired cop that saw him <laughs> on the roof yeah. and pointed him out the way he was at. But yet he still managed to get away yep. 
I know, mm-hmm. I know. And but you know what? We were we had another discussion like this as well, um, in the same chat. <laughs> and our hot take on that one was if it happened in Texas, that kid wouldn't be alive. True. Right? If it happened in in Texas, it, it would definitely not be the kid would not be alive. Yeah. I mean, then something just happened in Texas and the kid is alive. No, that ha- what? No, it happened in what? in Illinois. Oh no no I'm never mind. I'm getting these shootings mixed up. Never mind. Yeah, the, I never, think that the last statistic I the read Uvalde was, one was in Texas, but that one that one was a cluster. The, yeah, that whole uh, deal was a cluster. The last statistic that I read, the last number that I read, was that since January we're in the neighborhood of 253 mass shootings. That, that's um, 253 too many. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And then, mm-hmm. ironically, I have friends, and I told them to send me the stuff that they had. Um, there was some guy walking around downtown Cincinnati with a rifle. Oh. oh well, many so so as we're speaking about this, I've got a better one. Um, you can go to Crime Watch Minneapolis. It's on Twitter. Um, if you go to it, you will see the festivities that took place in Minneapolis, where people were driving down a crowded street, shooting off fireworks from their cars, but they were not. Aiming it up in the air, they were aiming them at people. This affected youth. Right? Here's Mm. even a better one. A San Antonio man in on 4th of July had a firework and it went off. Where did he have the firework per se? On his head. That wasn't too bright. We're not getting smarter, y'all. <laughs> like we should seriously just have like a full episode of Darwin Award winners, right? Because the stupidity just amazes me. But to think that right before, right, like four hours after the shootings, five hours, six hours after, people were going down the streets of Minneapolis shooting people. With fireworks. Yeah. yeah. I don't get yes. it. I just don't. Well, but, and, go ahead, Jane. No, I'm it, sorry. No, I'm so sorry, <laughs> James. I will go so that we don't annoy Andy with this. But uh, just to me, there's no accountability anymore. And the sense of what's real versus what's not, the line has been blurred to such a degree that I I honestly believe people conduct their lives in 2022 as if they will not have to suffer consequences for 90% of what they do. I see it in my classroom every day. Sorry, James, go ahead. So let, let me break down different scenarios and celebrations. So we have a big thing up here called the Taste of Cincinnati, where all the local restaurants come from all around. They come downtown. You get a sample of their food for, you know, money and so forth and so on. 
You got beer vendors, wine vendors. Big old celebration, the whole Memorial Day weekend. It starts on Saturday and ends on Sunday. We well, might want to say Monday. Because Sunday it goes on too. Now, during these times, during that big event there, you might have anywhere between, say, 100 to 200 police officers. From Cincinnati police officers to highway patrol to even uh, state troopers. You know, down patrolling the streets and everything, and in the festival crowd and everything. But for this 4th of July celebration to be going on up there, and they didn't have adequate police out to beat Johnny on the spot from when the first person got shot. Yeah. And probably more people could have been alive. But now we also have different things that goes on in the city during the week. Like on Wednesday night is reggae night on Fountain Square. And there's hundreds of people that come down for reggae night. And there's about 35 police officers hanging out too. Fountain Square is really not that big. It's really not that big. It's a stage up there. And we pack it out every Wednesday night. There's a free reggae concert every Wednesday night. Thursday and Thursday night, you might see five police officers down there. When there's a black event, they overstock the police. Or if there's a big event going over, it's overstocked with police. So where I'm trying to understand where the police present was during this shooting up there in, in, I mean, in, in Illinois. Like, why wasn't there a bigger police presence to where less people would not have died? You're, you're you know, excellent question. No idea. Other than the fact that yeah. we all know that she's that Mayor Lightfoot. Well, it wouldn't have been Mary Lightfoot, so. Um, or uh, Mayor Beetlejuice as... <laughs> Woman, I think it was the congresswoman that's from that town was there. She was there with her family. But but that goes to the that that goes in part to the mayor. It doesn't go to her. No 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 no. I'm just no. I'm just saying the congresswoman was there. So why wasn't there added more police there? You know they they get special duty police too. They got their own little security force. Oh yeah, they do armed so, to the teeth. Yeah. Yeah, and Cora knows this for reasons we can't discuss. Um, <laughs> but. Well, no, I, I know politicians, too, and I know, you know, what goes on or what they have and so forth and so on. I mean, but I'm just saying, though, but in that situation, too, where was the police presence? James, your answer is in the description that I have seen in every news article. Highland, a semi-affluent middle-class suburb on the outside of Chicago. Everything you need to know about why there weren't that many police there, it's in that description. They didn't think they needed to be there. Yeah. Oh, but if it was, you know, if it was any other minority. Right. Yeah. Because, right. um, yeah, I mean, I live in a pretty red um suburb if y'all catch my drift and mm -hmm. very predominantly white you red wine drinker you <laughs> i actually you know what i don't like wine and i've only had a 
little sip of bread and I'm done. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, um, at our, our county fair or whatever, there's not that many cops. Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. And then if you, there's some, and in this neighborhood, everyone likes to call the cops on each other for very petty stuff, but like the distance of your mailbox, like it's the stupidest stuff, like HOA stuff. But like, if there's an actual crime, nothing would happen in this town. No joke. <laughs> like we're calling about mailbox distances. Um, if someone's parking in a cul-de-sac, like so, you, so basically you're calling shot. about very white stuff. Yeah, it's very yeah, very white. As Coops really? would say, racist. Yes. Can you scoot your mailbox over a little bit? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I mean, that, that's that's well, all. I mean, that's all it is. Hey, can you scoot? Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute, right there, put it right there. I love you, bro. Barbecue tomorrow. Got gotcha. you. I bring the book tonight. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. And that's all it is. Simple, petty bullshit. But when real bullshit is going on, they always somewhere handling some super bickering shit. But, yeah. I, my only, my only solution to this issue right now, because I don't think that this country will ever be in a position to go the way that, that Australia did, I think in the 80s or 90s, where after a mass shooting, Australia immediately decided no more guns, you know, unless you have like, unless you're hunting and stuff like that, but no more hand, you know, handheld guns, et cetera, uh, pistols. And I don't think we can do that in the United States. That ship has sailed. So my solution, whether it's popular or unpopular, is this. We need the Black community to legally obtain guns. Because we know that and law enforcement is compromised. And now, here's the thing. There's a lot of people that I know that are acquiring guns. Mm-hmm. There's somebody I know that actually order the parts for AR-15s and put them together and sell them. You know, there's actually people I know that, you know, not not going to say they're militia because no no shape and form are they, but they're collectors. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, but they have a set of firearms. Just like if it's a white guy next door to you, we're like, oh, let me show you the gun cap. Or I'm sorry, the gun room. <laughs> right. You know, one of my favorite stories is out of Louisiana. It took place last year or two. There was a high school in Louisiana that was having a lot of fights and kids were skipping school. And there were a group of dads uh, from the African-American community, this group of dads, they decided, you know what? There've been 23 fights at this school where our kids go in the last month. We, the dads are gonna get together. We're gonna get permission from the administration and we're just gonna hang out on campus. We're gonna have uh, help kids get to class. Yeah, we're gonna be positive role models and influences. Do you know that with those dads on campuses, campus, there were no fights, zero fights. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a beautiful story, and I wish it. I wish that that could happen in more places across the country. You and know, it's just going to be black dads. Exactly. Any parent. Exactly. Preach. Yeah. Our school resource officer has three schools to look at. 
throughout the day. So if, if you follow our school resource officer and you figure out what his schedule is, you will 100% know when our school is its most vulnerable. How is that safe? Well, we have, we have a situation where we have um, multiple school resource officers in our, in our school. Um, not all, not all at the same time, obviously, but mm -hmm. well, at the end of the day, in the morning, we always have at least three to four and we're a small school, right? Three to four to me seems outrageous, but you know, it, to me, I feel a lot safer. Yeah. Um, sounds about right. Right. How many kids, how many students total though? I mean, I mean, I mean. Let's put it to you this way: our our seventh grade class, our eighth grade class that just that just graduated, had maybe a hundred students, less than a hundred students, and that's probably okay. like so every Small. so maybe like if if we're lucky, maybe we have uh, maybe on a given day we might have less than a thousand students, and that's K I'm, through eight. Okay, I'm trying to think. My high school was. Total of twelve hundred kids. We had two old guy, white guy, obviously, security guys. Yeah, and it was like one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Oh, we did, but see, when when I was going to school, we didn't have any. We didn't have security on our campus. No, in, in high school. My graduating class was like, uh shit, three hundred. Yeah, mine was mine was less than a hundred. Shit, the school it was about over two thousand kids in the school. Yeah. So what's different between the time that James, myself, and Andy grew up, and when Nancy grew up? What's changed? It's Nancy's fault. Shit. No, um, <laughs> it's yeah, Nancy's right. fault. Uh, absolutely. Well, for one, I mean, the teachers that's on here, y'all can know the the way uh, the way y'all. Well, I ain't gonna say y'all, but the way teaching has been done over the years has yeah. changed. Man, yes. Andy doesn't talk about that too. Uh, you know, it's totally structured different from when we all went to school to how y'all teach. Well, I ain't gonna say how y'all teach now, but the way you have to teach your class now. Because mm -hmm. if you right took how you were taught back then and did it now, them kids might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I told, I told this story in our group chat, Andy, but a month before school was out, a week before spring break, in my school system, there was a young man who sexually assaulted a teacher. Um, he had asked about his grade when she sat down at her computer to pull up his grade. He walked behind her and with an electrical cord strangled her until she was unconscious he attempted to sexually assault her, but was unable to complete the act. And out oh, of wow. his out of his frustration, uh, he continued to beat her with metal bookshelves, books, etc. He was alone with her unconscious body for ninety minutes. I believe she was in the hospital for two weeks as a result. Um, when asked why he did this to this teacher, and keep in mind, I forgot to say this. Keep in mind, the student had zero record, no disciplinary issues at all. He was asked, why did you do this? He said, I don't like teachers. 
So, yeah, how is a, how is a resource officer going to identify that kid, right? Never will. He snapped in the moment. Snapped in the moment. There were no red flags. But yeah, Scared. never will. Yeah. But back to this kid, that this this monster. Yeah, right. There were a ton for him. That's sitting in jail. And then the funny thing I heard, he he's going to have seven charges of what was it, murder or uh, manslaughter? No. First degree murder, and they're also going to add um, multiple assault charges with a deadly weapon because. Um, Wait a minute, here was the main thing they said that really got my ear. Regardless of what happened on them seven charges, he's, he's going to do life in prison regardless. That was one thing I heard them say. Regardless, he's already up in. From what I'm hearing, like, oh, y'all already know he's just going to be locked up for life. Well, y'all not even going to give no death penalty or anything like that, huh? So they're not but, going for the death penalty? I don't know. But from what they said with the seven charges, if something happened where the, the seven, something happened with the seven charges of the murder part or whatever it is, he's automatically going to do life in prison. And this was on, I was listening to, uh, Anderson Cooper, and this was on, matter of fact, it was Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night, Anderson Cooper 360. But, you're, but here's the problem. You're listening to Anderson Vanderbilt. That that doesn't work. But no, it wasn't Anderson talking. It was another lawyer. Okay. That was All right. All right. Anderson. Listen, I'd rather listen to, the, to CNN than the other news stations. I don't listen to any of those. I just yeah. don't. If I had my, I, I listen to CNN because at least they'd be honest about majority of the stuff. Oh, we're gonna have to but talk them about other, this stuff. Them, 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 them other people support that 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 fool that got kicked up out of office. <laughs> so here Stay we go. Stay tuned for next week's podcast so, when James has an intervention. So here, here we go with <laughs> here we go with a couple things as we wrap up. Um, number one. Uh, what was I going to say? I just forgot what I was going to say. If he was busy laughing at Ancora's comment, um, <laughs> so we we we're going into the we're going into the summer months here, and obviously a lot of things are happening other than the gas prices going up and inflation and the recession beginning. But we won't talk about that. We've got other things to talk about, obviously as far as race relations are concerned and hopefully next week we don't discuss a shooting right oh. um really please no number number two don't, don't shoot number two i'm going to mention it on the back end and i think you guys will find this funny ladies um our former esteemed uh colleague who no longer is with x factor um basically went off on the babylon b Oh my God! It's a satirical website. Yes. So I thought that would that would be a good funny ending to this very heavy topic. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I, I've got the got the screenshots to prove it. Are um, we allowed to cuss, um, Andy? Send the receipt. Been cussing. Didn't you? Yeah. Didn't you? Yes. There we go. It is a 
fucking satirical website. If you cannot find humor in satire, you need to take a fucking chill pill, turn <laughs> off your tech for a week or two, and chill the Or just fuck a weekend like out. I did. Right. Oh, that's a fucking lady for you right there. Oh my fucking God. Can we start on a date? Right, James, you and me. Fuck Ohio, though, James. That'll be our only problem. Oh, no. Well, see this. It's like, you know, in group chat, I I brought up this histrionic personality disorder this morning. This idea that our own personal opinions are more important than anyone else's, that there is no room for dialogue. It all has to be debate. Everyone's out to win. It is despicable it shut down contra- it shut down conversation well it shuts down are- friendships too it really does <laughs> see right while i'm on my own soapbox i mean the, the, i mean to be honest with you i mean there there's a lot of there there's a lot of reasons why we started this podcast the main reason is is because james and i do this all the time when we get together like oh, yeah. this is our conversations. We we'll talk about the Bengals. We'll talk about FC Cincinnati. We'll talk about all that stuff. We have bullshit. Yeah. But we have general conversations, and it's not you know I'm black, Andy white, Hispanic. I mean shit. We don't sit and get mad if we ask one another a racial question, question or something. You know. Amen. We, we want to know. I want to know. So we ask each other these questions. Without it being an issue, because it should never be an issue when somebody wants to know. Yes. Period. Yeah. No, because you have to learn. You, you, you seriously. I think. I think the biggest thing, you know, everybody says, "Oh, we got to unite. We got to unite." Right. The problem with the whole unite, unite, unite is everybody says, "Okay, well, yeah, unite, but you got to come this way," or "Yeah, unite, yeah. but you got to come this way." Instead yeah. of being like, "Hey, you know what? You're a little different than me," but and we we constantly joke about this, but anytime one of us goes into a restaurant, we never say, "Oh yeah, I'm looking for my friend." Yeah. I always just go, "Hey, did you see my is my brother around?" Yeah. Right. And then when the person brings us to the person that we're looking for, they look at us like we're crazy. Yeah. Because well, it's like, how how could he be your brother? Well, he's my brother. He's always been my brother. And this particular personality type that we were just discussing, if you believe that after compromise, you get to walk away from the table completely happy with the outcome, you don't understand what compromise means. No one is happy. (laughs) No one got everything they wanted, right? But to have a better understanding. Exactly. It's something totally different. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Just to be able to yeah. talk and ask questions without fear yeah. of retaliation. Oh. And nobody bu- blood is bubbling red. Nobody want to say, you know what? Fuck this shit. Let's take this shit outside. I'm yeah. dead outside. Yeah, this bullshit. You talking about my mama now. You know, exactly. You know, there ain't none of that going on. We just have life conversations about different things. And, you know, when you say, let's do a podcast. Fuck it, okay. Preach. I'm, and we've been getting up in front of people that I know that hear this. There's a lot of feedback. As a matter of fact, funny shit. 
one of my uh, co-workers, she was like, um, I'm waiting. On, I, I didn't get my alert. <laughs> we, we took a week off because Andy's not feeling well. She's like, okay, I better be getting my alert. I said, you will. <laughs> you will. Because she get awesome. alert on her Spotify, I mean, on her podcast, and she sits at her desk and listens to it. Love it, and that's the way it should be. So, with that, with that said, ladies, we will definitely have you on again. It's definitely fun to have uh, females in the room, um, and uh, be able to thank discuss. you for having us. Yeah, thank able... you for letting us crash today. Well, guys. no, because I mean, we basically need to have these discussions, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the discussions let's take this need... shit outside. Yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't. <laughs> like, I think it falls on deaf ears. Damn. <laughs> I mean, it falls on deaf ears when it comes to, to if if James and I were to discuss abortion, I think people would turn it, tune it yeah, off, that's, right? That's yeah. not our wheelhouse. I understand. Like we, we don't have we don't have the parts that that can that can help explain whatever it is that we need explanation. So when you guys do your podcast on killing bugs and taking out the trash, I won't expect an invite. How about that? We never oh, have. We really don't. <laughs> Actually, my wife might end up being like, I'm excuse you, but um, you need to. So the longest running joke as we as we close this is James and I. There's this long running joke that any time that James and I get together to go to a sporting event, the one thing that Beth asks is, did James take away your phone? Because. Her only rule to James has always been that if I'm not there, you take away his phone. Oh, oh my God. Yes. He get into his angry. I was pregnant. We losing our ass. He get into his little angry tirade. He mm. gets to tweeting, posting on Facebook, Ooh. going on news, going on that. Oh, just cussing our holy hell and getting in an argument. I love with it. Women, with somebody that's 12,000 miles away, there's a hair less about the fucking bagel. The girl left that we had a football game getting our ass pulled. Well, I'm about to show because I'm about to pull into the parking garage and it's going to cut me off. All right. So <laughs> I we will. Which I will make. <laughs> we, will leave, we will leave you on that. And uh, thank you for listening to Racial Barriers Removed. I'm Andy Villanueva. We have James Moore. We have Ancora Amparo. And we have, oh, hey, it's Nancy. So. <laughs> Thanks again, ladies, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. We should talk again. Absolutely.